the vibes. We're back. It's been a minute, BJ. We're back. Welcome back. The Hoop Genius Hey, Mo, you know, I think I saw you at a, a recent game in Miami. Why'd you have a pillow with your shoes on? Why, why did uh, you do that, Mo? You know, you got to keep the shoes fresh. Box fresh. Shout out to my pops, DJ Carlin, man. We the best Jordans coming out. Cyber Monday, I think it's that 28th. November, I need to get my hands on a pair. If I don't get my hands on a pair, I'm gonna be mad. I need Jordan brand, I need Footlock, I need everyone to send me the pairs. I need someone at, at Carly's label to send me the box. He has a custom box, right? There's a box that has all three colorways in a special packaging. There's only 20 of them in the world and I need one of the boxes. So if anyone listening to this knows any way that I can get them, let me know. Cause you're listening to the Hoop Genius Podcast brought to you by NBA 2K23. And if I miss out on them, the only place I can wear them is in NBA 2K23 or my player where you can wear whichever shoes you want in the world. But yeah, that was great. That was great fun. You see they had DJ Carter on the court. They let him shoot a, a shoot a three-pointer that he made, even though the camera's cut out. It was great. It was great. Things are starting to get a little bit better for the Miami Heat as well. They're now six and seven, right. just under 500. BJ, okay. how was your week? You spent a little bit of time away. You went to watch a game uh, you yourself know, in the big app. Yeah, you know, uh, I'm, I was just out and about, just moving around a little bit, checking out things, seeing what's happening around the association, Mo. You got to put your eyes on it. Yeah. And you got to touch it a little bit, you know, so it's been good, you know. <laughs> you know, because you know, the, the fans were worried. The fans were worried, B, because okay. over the past week, the Pistons went 0-2 against my Boston Celtics. The, the people thought that you were hiding from the show. They thought the Celtics went into Detroit, beat the Pistons. The Celtics were at home with Detroit, beat the Pistons. They thought, what's BJ running from the smoke? But it's good to hear that you're all safe and healthy and you're back joining us today. You know, if you want to know the truth about this, Mo didn't have time to do the show. Nah, nah, um, no, Mo no, didn't have no, time to do no, the show. No. So, ladies and gentlemen, be there, be there. Mo be didn't have time to do the show, but Mo was still on the episodes that came out every day. You know what I'm saying? That's hey. all I'm saying. <laughs> they be hearing my voice every day. Great, pro great production and producing skills by Mo. I will admit. However. <laughs> 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 I'm here. I'm local. I'm active. I'm, I'm from hey, I'm from the D. What up, Joe? We run to the smoke. You know what I'm saying? We run to the action. I, I'm from and, the big smoke and we stay in it. We ain't running to oh, or from. I, we stay I, I, in it. Let's get into today's show. <laughs> Let's get into today's show. Thank you. And, and there's nowhere better to start than a historic performance last night. Joe Embiid. Now, I could give so many historical facts about how impressive this stat line was. The first player in NBA history with 50 points, 10 rebounds, five assists, five blocks in a game. Okay, I think he finished with 59, 11, 8, and seven blocks, right? There's so many impressive stats that I could tell you guys about. Is he the first player? Is he the first player to do this? Is Since that, they started recording blocks in 1978. Yeah, so obviously Wilt may yeah, have. Yeah, because I, I'm Wilt, Wilt probably had a 50-30 game. And I'm talking about 30 block shots. I mean, Wilt, Wilt was just unbelievable. Wilt's record for points in a 24 hours is 100. And Embiid scored 102 points in the last 24 hours because he had 42 okay. the night before. But my favorite stat right. to do with all of this is Joel Embiid has scored more points last night in 59 points than Ben Simmons has this entire season. This entire season, Ben Simmons only has 47. But we got to talk about this performance, BJ, because there's a lot going on in Philly. 
You know, they didn't get off to the best start. Mm-hmm. And then Maxi had some good games while Embiid was out. And now Embiid is having good games while James Harden is out. And we're eventually going to have to get around to the rumors that are swirling about the Sixers apparently wanting to trade for Kevin Durant. And, and who might be in that salary? How, how would well, they do that? They just, have the salary of Tobias Harris, who a lot of people forget okay. about because he's like a fourth I'm sure man. that if I were the Nets, I would do that trade. No, <laughs> you also have the Tyrese Maxey and the young, what could be an all-star talent because you got to look at it like this for the Nets. The Kyrie okay. Irving situation. At this point, I don't even know what's going on with Kyrie Irving. I don't know if he's going to play for the Nets again. I don't know if he's going to play again here. I don't know if they're going to allow him to play again. I don't know what's happening with that. The coaching Mm -hmm. situation. They've now got Jacques Mm -hmm. Vaughn, who's doing a fantastic job, by the way. The Nets defense, since he's taken over from Steve Nash, looks fantastic. He's been doing a great job. But with Kyrie Irving's situation being what it is, we all know Kevin Durant is all about winning. And if he doesn't feel that this team is in a position to help him win a championship, how long is it before he demands a trade request? like he did in the summer that they talked him out of. But now if Kyrie's not around the picture, he could easily turn around and say, listen, I gave you guys three months to figure it out. We're not in the top half of the Eastern Conference. I want to get out of here. Now, in terms of a return for Kevin Durant, you can get whatever you want. But Tyrese Maxey, a bunch of picks, some salary, maybe Thibault as well. If he can redeem himself, he's not been having a great season. A few other pieces. That would be the offer they said. Now, do I think the Nets do that trade? No, I don't. The Nets are reportedly reluctant to work with the Sixers in a trade anyway because of the Ben Simmons thing. They felt like they were set up to just give James Harden away all along, which is interesting. So I don't know if that will happen, but this whole situation of Maxi playing well without Embiid, Embiid playing well without Harden, Harden being out, but then Harden playing well when he comes in with those two there. How are they going to get all those pieces to mesh? And what's going to be the recipe for success for the 82-game season and then the playoffs? Because Embiid can't keep putting on performances like this throughout the regular season. We know his durability isn't the best. How do the Sixers move from here and make sure they're a top seed and can go deep into the playoffs? Well, before we get on the court, let's let's stop you know off the court for just a second. Now, we're talking about all this movement with Kevin Durant, so forth and so on. What about what's going on with Doc Rivers? According to reports, you know, there's been a lot of reports here of Doc Rivers being on shaky ground there in Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, how does that impact the team? Well, the kid, Maxi, is without question, he has flourished and develop beautifully. Okay. I just watched Shea Alexander last night. Oh, and I'm fantastic. Going, I mean, all of these players are coming under, all, all of these players are, are under Doc Rivers' watch, and you're going, you know, he doesn't, he does a really nice job. Now you're watching Maxi. Joel Embiid, I mean, he could have easily been the MVP last year. He finishes second. The guy has a historical game there. Now, at some point here, 
who's going to who's the person that's responsible for this and what they're doing this looks like houston east <laughs> that's what it looks like okay <laughs> i mean i, I mean i mean Joel Embiid is uh, a big upgrade on Clint Capella. I will say that, though. Okay. Okay. And the only thing that seems certain to me, the only thing that seems certain to me as I'm watching all of this from afar is that Joel Embiid is probably out of here once his deal is up. Wow. That's what seems certain to me. That's wow. what, that's, you know, we keep talking about we're going to get KD. No, no one's doing that deal. Because if you're going to get KD, we know the asking price now of what Rudy Gobert got or yeah. what the, and we're going to talk about that in a second. Okay. Rudy Gobert set the bar, right? We saw that with Donovan Mitchell and the Knicks. Supposedly. Danny Ainge set the bar. Okay. Danny Ainge. <laughs> so now you're telling me Tyrese Maxey and who you say? Tobias Harris. Uh-huh. That's just going to get Kevin Durant. They're going to be like, yeah, that's a good deal for us. That's, that's good. That's, that's good for us. Yeah. Just send that for me. And we'll 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 send you this guy after we no sent you chance. James Harden here. So no, no chance of that. Now at some point here, who's going to take the blame? Because you know we keep saying why, why are you changing coaches? Okay, when you change a coach, the most difficult thing I want everyone to listen to this. The most difficult thing is how are you going to replace him, and who are you going to replace him with? Because you better get a better coach. You bet. It, it's only one thing you can do to replace Doc Rivers. That's to win the that's to win the championship this year. If you don't do that, this is a huge failure. So now, if you do that, the responsibility is not on the players. Maxi, hey man, the guy what he had like forty this year, right? Didn't he have like a forty piece already? Yeah, this year? yeah, yeah, yeah. When okay, MB this guy, Joel Embiid got a fifty nine piece, a sixty piece, right? Harden starts off the season. In good shape. You put on some great now, numbers the team, too. The, the team, for whatever reason, whether, you know, last year, okay, Harden, respectfully so. He wasn't in shape last year. Okay, we 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 knew that. He admitted that. Joel Embiid this year, he missed a few games. They haven't figured out the chemistry. They got a new P.J. Tucker's in. Everyone's doing their thing. But no one can deny, individually, they've all had their moments. And it's early in the season. Mm-hmm. And they sit at seven and seven right now, 500. And what are you going to do? What are you going to do to upgrade your current coach? What you going to do? Well, I think the obvious assumption. Yeah. Okay. What's the assumption? The obvious assumption is, as you describe them as Houston East, would be Mike D'Antoni stepping in. Okay. That's great. Because we all know how much James Harden and Daryl Morey. Okay, Mike D'Antoni's system. Now, if you're telling me you're going to trade Joel Embiid for Kevin Durant, because that's the only way that gets done. Mm-hmm. Okay. And now, they ain't doing that. Okay, so now you're saying, now I'm saying, okay, that makes sense. Because now you got a top five player with a top five player. And I know Mike D'Antoni is not going to utilize Joel Embiid in his style of play. His knees ain't built for that. Okay, so this seems like a mismanaged cluster of players and someone's looking to blame someone. No one can deny that those young kids aren't developing. Maxie is developing. 
Joel Embiid's playing the best basketball of his career. It is not getting any better, ladies and gentlemen, what you saw from Joel Embiid. The guy has scored 101 points in the last two games. They're doing something right with the big fella. <laughs> okay. They're doing something right. I mean, he's doing the- it right. You know, you know. Okay. Like, like, I, but, yeah. but, but also, we have to put it into context. And I'm not taking any way, anything away from Joel Embiid, but he did it against Kelly O'Donnell and Laurie Markkinen. Kelly Olynyk and Laurie Marketing are the they got the best record in the Western Conference right now. Okay, but I've oh, if we look no, at the matchups. Mo, Mo you and I just screamed. You and I just screamed about. You told me, "Quote Laurie Bird." Is that what you said? Hey, <laughs> quote. <laughs> now I don't want to hear. <laughs> but I've every I team's front court in the NBA. If I don't want to hear. If you had to put money down on Embiid having a sixty piece against any of the thirty front courts in the NBA. You were Based on what I've Jazz. seen from the Utah Jazz, I would not say it now. Before the season, you're right. My expectations of the of the Utah Jazz, yes. But right now, Lori Market and Kelly Olenek, they're playing perhaps the best out of any, any of the bigs right now in, in the entire NBA. They got the best record in the Western Conference as we speak. Mm-hmm. So I'm not saying anything. All I'm saying is, when I looked at the schedule in before the season started, I was like, WWW. <laughs> hey, Laurie marketing right now. Now, I don't know how long is this going to last. He's playing some darn good basketball. He's playing at an all-star level right now. Mm-hmm. That, that's just a fact. I, hey, you couldn't have told me I was going to say that just 10 games ago. Laurie marketing and the Utah Jazz right now are sitting atop of the Western Conference. Mm-hmm. So let's finish talking about He's the Sixers. Okay, let's talk where about do, them. Where do they go from here? Do you see any of their players being traded or their I, coach going? Or do you think I they think, just stick with, or, or in I, their words, I trust the process? I. This is what I think. Mo, you, you hear me say it. I'm going to say it. I'm going to just stay true to my principles. Give me 25 games before I figure out what I got. Okay. Give me 25 games. Okay. Now, James Harden has missed now what? Half of the games now in the in the first 10 or 12 games. How many games did they played total? Uh they played well, have they played 14 games if that's seven and seven. Okay, so so James Harden has missed how many of those games? Uh let me have a look. Yeah, let's 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 be technical for the listeners here. So James Harden. We get to basketball reference real quick while we do this. Yeah, what what has he missed? So he's missed at least five to seven of those. He's played. James Harden's played nine games so far. Okay. Okay. So he's missed five games Mm. this far. Okay. How many games has Joel Embiid missed? Joel Embiid has played a total of ten games. Okay. And Tyrese Maxey has played. All 14 games. 14 games. Okay. I, I need 25 games with the group to figure out what I got. Mm-hmm. If, 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 if we're going to abide by the rules of observing, evaluating NBA talent. Now, mm-hmm. I'm not there every day in practice. I'm not around the team. But traditionally, what you do is you want to see what you got. So that'll take me, based on how these guys are coming in and out of the lineup, that'll probably take me to 
to the trade deadline, <laughs> okay, before we get 25 games as a healthy group. And then you make, then you go accordingly. But to do something now without even allowing these guys to get in a minimum of 25 games under their belt, to me, is a catastrophe because now I got to look at one person. And that's the GM or the president of the team, which is Daryl Morey. Okay. Right now, my Elton Brand. Can't say Elton Brand because this is Daryl Morey is the one that's making the making the decisions here. Okay. Daryl Morey, one thousand percent, got James is making the decisions here. Yeah, James Harden, PJ Tucker, and these guys, without without question, Daryl Morey is not getting Joel Embiid. He's not. I haven't seen him build a team around Bigs. And if he did, I, maybe I just missed it. All right, but you want to say, <laughs> you want to say what Dwight Howard maybe, but nope. that, that didn't work. That did not okay. work. And then he tried to get rid of all the bigs and play PJ Tucker at the five. I the saw West. this guy trade. What's the? He traded Clint Capella and said we're going to go with PJ Tucker for the rest yeah. of the year. Yeah, that was okay. Uh, okay, so go. we know his philosophy. We don't have to agree with it. I don't agree with it, but hey, he did it. He's had success doing it. And let's go with that. So to think now that they're gonna, he's gonna suddenly have a 180 degree turn here, and start playing through bigs. I don't see that. But hey, it's the NBA, and stranger things have happened because it's been a lot of strange things going on right now. For real, man, this, this episode should be called Stranger Things. I mean, one last thing is Tyrese Maxey said after the game yesterday that at one point Doc Rivers was trying to get him to run a screen roll, and he said, "No, nah, let me just give it back to the big fella." Let me just let the big fella go to work. Now that is a great point card. Now well, that you 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 can you know what's great? You, you know what's you know what's what I love about this? It's clearly they're communicating. Mm-hmm. The players, the players are clearly they're playing hard. Clearly they're trying to figure it out. Mo, you know I I told you I told you what I thought the problem was. What fourteen games ago, Tyrese Maxey has to be the straw that stirs this drink. He can't defer to the rest of the guys because he's the only one that can play at the pace that they're playing, especially during the regular season. Now, the playoffs, we know the game is going to slow down. And when the game does get slow, you can see I got someone that can score 60 points in a half-court set, and no Mm -hmm. one can stop him. But the problem is they play too slow. James Harden is not a runner. He doesn't run, play fast. He plays at his own pace. You watch, you watch the Dallas Mavericks play. Luca is playing at his own pace. Everyone else is playing pace, space, get up shots. Luca is just doing his thing. James Harden is doing his thing. This kid, Tyrese Maxey, is the only player on the that I see on that on that roster that can consistently push the pace, dictate the pace, and impose his will on the game so that the other guys have to run with him. And that, to me, is what the issue is going forward because he is the youngest out of those out of those three players. Well, speaking of pace, you know, whilst you're away, the, the team that I've had the most fun watching, which I never thought these words would leave my mouth. The Utah Jazz? No, 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 no. I'm talking about the last few days, the team that I've had the most fun watching because the Jazz have lost a couple games now. Schedule's the Sacramento Kings? Absolutely. The Kings? 
Absolutely. Ah, hey, who who called the Kings at the beginning of the season, Mo? Me I just want to hear. I, let, 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 okay. Let's not get too much dip on our chip. They're still ninth in the West, know, six and six. I, I, That's steady the shit. I, I I just think that they're going to improve. I don't know what that means for them. Improving for them is just playing meaningful games, okay? Yeah, yeah. Getting to the playoffs is an improvement. For, but so, like, yeah. Sabonis had a monster stat line last night. 26 points, 22 rebounds, 8 assists in 34 minutes. The last two 25, 20, and 5 games in the NBA were both from Sabonis. Uh the Sabonis family. You know what I mean? Yeah, uh, no, no, this is, I, I, I told you last year when the trade, and what's our friend, Jack? Is that our friend? That's Jack, our friend, right? Yeah. Jack, happy birthday Jack. to Jack. It was his birthday this weekend. Yes. Shout out to Jack. Jack. Yeah, happy birthday, Jack. I thought then that when they traded for Sabonis, I told you I like that trade. Oh, what are they doing? I said, I like it. I, I, I like the trade. I like when you have a big who can play today's game. I like a guard. This kid, De'Aaron Fox, okay, Fox is, he's like Maxi, or Maxi's like him, whatever. Those got to be the two fastest guys in the NBA. And, and the thing or John, John Morant. I mean, yeah, the, th the thing I've liked about Fox over the last few games is down the stretch in the fourth, he's hit some big shots from the outside. It's not just the speed. Is he's got that speed, a little hezzy shake the defender, then he's going to pull up and splash it. That consistency with the outside shot is really what I think will make the difference for him. But they've been fun. Now, do I think they'll make the playoffs? I think they'll make the play in, and then it depends how things shake out. But I've been having fun watching them. You got you to have, I, I just want to say this. You have to have fun because De'Aaron Fox, now... They have a guy at the end of the game. I don't know if you've been, how many games you've been. I've, I've been watching them like about the last five games. Yeah. Down the stretch, there's no doubt now who the go-to guy is to shoot the basketball. Mm -hmm. There's no doubt now who's the best player on the team. It's De'Aaron Fox. Mm -hmm. He's asserted himself and taking the, literally the bulls by the horn now. He is, that's his team. But I'm going to tell you something else what's been interesting to watch. The freedom in which Sabonis is playing with I got to give the coaching staff that because they're coaching the him. Mm -hmm. they're, they're coaching him, encouraging him to be everything he's supposed to be. He rebounds the ball at the five, pushes it up. He runs dribble weaves. They run post-up forms. He does pick and pop. He does pick and roll. He's just all over the board right now for them. And he's really playing good versus bigs. He can play against big guys. And you know what? He did a nice job against the Warriors last night. On he the can glass. play against smaller lineups. Yep. Because he can play against Draymond. He's strong enough. Yep. He can finish around he's, the basket. He's under and his strength is very underrated. So you ask guys around he, the league, he's one of the he's one of the, the, and he the plays, strongest yeah. guys. He plays through contact and he's got good, he's got good size. He's not like a seven footer, but he's what six ten or so? Six, and he's, he's solid though. And he's solid. Yeah, yeah. And he put so I like what they're doing. I'm gonna tell you this kid, uh Keegan Murray. Mm -hmm. Hey, hey. You know what? He looked like he's going to be a nice player. Yeah, he looked he's going to be a really nice, nice player. And they're they're playing at a pace, and, and they're that, playing fast. And that was a I, nice I like what I'm seeing. That was a nice draft addition from the Kings because he's a bit older than the, the kids you typically see getting drafted yes. now. Mm -hmm, but mm -hmm. they're saying, look, we want a player that can come in and contribute to a team that we want to have in the playoffs. An underrated pickup, I think, was Kevin Herter going to the Kings. He's been a key part of this as well. Harrison Barnes, ever consistent. I think 
almost every team could do with a Harrison Barnes on their squad as well. Yes, he's a pro. Mm-hmm. He's a pro. I know the Lakers are watching Malik Monk and maybe wishing they still had him on their roster as well. And Davion Mitchell is now not getting spoken about like he was last year. The hey, defensive hey, menace yes, really hey, coming along in the guard spot. Man. Do the Kings make the playoffs, BJ? I think they're going to be in the... I think what I like about the Kings, they're going to be competitive. Do they break the And curse? I think if things... I think if the things go... Look, they are one of those teams, it could go either way. But what I do like about them is they're very competitive and they're winning games. And some and they're winning games. They're supposed to win. They're they supposed to beat the Lakers minus LeBron James. I didn't say they're supposed to beat the Warriors, but at home they should be competitive and maybe get out a win. That's what they did last night. They go on the road. They beat Orlando. That's a good sign for me. So I like this team. I like the fact that that Coach Brown has them playing with confidence. And He's more importantly, team. now when you go out there to Sacramento, you're saying that's 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 not a give me. Mm-hmm. That's not a give me. And when they come in town, that's not a give me. And, and, and you know what? You, you better be ready. This team, they, they got some weapons now. And the other part about this is there was a couple games there, and I'm not going to get into the conspiracies, but that game against the Warriors, there was a foul call that wasn't a foul call that was a foul call that was hardly contested. And there was another game they had where the last two-minute report said that the referees made an incorrect decision down the stretch. But if those two games were wins, they were not six and six. They're eight and four. They're tied with the Phoenix Suns for third in the West. And the whole narrative around this team then changes. And they're right there. And But that's how the ball bounces. Like I said, Bo, that's why I was careful to use this word. They have been very competitive this season. Mo, that's a huge thing from, for this organization. The first thing you got to do, everyone talks about winning and winning championships and all that. Oh, how about do this? Let's just win the games we're supposed to win, especially at home. And right now, Mo, they have been competitive over like a 10, 12 game span. That to me, that's a change in when I watch the Sacramento Kings. We'll know who this team's going to be after after about 25 games. We're going to know who they're going to be. But I've been impressed. They have been competitive and given themselves a chance in, let's say, the majority of the games this season. I haven't watched every game, but when I look at the score, and I bet I've watched probably ten, nine or ten of their games, mm-hmm. they have they they've been in those games playing well, and I, I like what I'm seeing. Yeah, I, I know what you mean. We need more time to figure it out because, like the Cavs, for example, they started eight and one, but then they lost four in a row. But all four losses were like extremely right. close. Two points here, four points there, seven points there. Right. So, you know, we do need some more time to figure out the schedule. But the the third team that I want to talk about today is, because we talked a lot about the Utah Jazz, and we'll talk about them again, I'm sure. But I want to talk about the Minnesota Timberwolves, currently 6-8, and 12th in the West. You know what You know what I was thinking about, actually, BJ? I want, I want your opinion on this, and I want to get the opinion from, from the listeners, right? I was thinking about getting a soundboard for this podcast. You you should. Do you we, think we, we, every we, time we, we have a hot take, you can have a like a radio DJ? You know what we, I mean? We, we, what do you yeah, guys we, think? We need that. Let me know. We, we you that. guys at home, tweet me. Let me know what you think. Or in the Discord, in fact. Let me know in the Discord. If you're not in the Discord, hit the link in the description and get involved. Well, if you don't from, get it, I'm getting it. I had a DM it. from someone the other day saying, Mo, unfortunately, I think I'm too old to join the Discord. Feel like I'm BJ. I said, my brother, there's no such thing. Just download the app. Hit the link, make an account, and you're in there. You're talking hoops with us. Get involved. 
Let me know if you guys want the soundboard and we can make that happen. I think that would be a fun addition to the show. But let me know if you guys want that in your listening experience. But we're going to talk about the Minnesota Timberwolves, as BJ rightly alluded to with his sound effect. Things look terrible. They had a possession earlier this week where they only had four players on the court. D'Angelo Russell forgot to check into the game. And they're so bad at stretches, people didn't even notice that he wasn't in the game. They've got possessions where Anthony Edwards is literally stood still with his hands on his hips while his four teammates play. Okay. They've got possessions where Gobert and Towns will both set screen and both roll to the basket in the same direction at the same time. They've got, oh, the list goes on. Things are looking horrendous. And this is one thing I was thinking about, right? Because, you know, the players get criticized an awful lot and this and that. But was it the Timberwolves this offseason who poached the executive from the Denver Nuggets? Right. And they gave him like the craziest deal I've seen a general manager get. They gave him like shares in a team and everything like that, right? Oh, it's a phenomenal deal, Mo. The deal you and I are going to get. You, The deal you and I are going to get. Inshallah, one day. <laughs> but they gave him this massive deal and things have not gone well. And now the Utah Jazz are sitting at a point where they're saying, maybe we don't need to tank. Maybe the Timberwolves tank on our behalf and we just take their draft pick because they traded all their draft picks over sudden. It's like when Danny Ainge traded Garnett and Pierce to Brooklyn and the Celtics were going to tank. But in the end, the Nets ended up doing the tanking for the Celtics. So the Timberwolves, we're 14 games in now. Do you think by game 25, they will have this all figured out? Or do you just see this as a recipe for disaster? Because in my head before the season, I thought, you know what? They could put together a good regular season. I I had my doubts with them over the playoffs. I didn't really think they'd get out of the first round in the playoffs. But right now, the promise of the regular season, even that is eluding them. What are you seeing and what's concerning you from the Minnesota Timberwolves? Well, first of all, they have have individually, they have really good players. It's a team game. (laughs) D'Angelo Russell, just can't. Anthony Edwards. Carl Anthony Towns, Rudy Gobert, these are really good players individually. I mean, those are, I mean, in my eyes, Anthony Edwards is an all-star player. He hasn't made an all-star team yet, but he's an all-star caliber player. He's maybe the most talented. No, he's not even maybe. I mean, he, he, has, the most talented str- he has struggled of, a bit, though, this season. Yeah, he's complained he about the lack of spacing. Well, uh, he... Without question, he, without question, okay, is the most talented player on that team. Now, let's talk about the spacing. Now, I had a chance to see this team play live. And it's very apparent when you watch them play in a game. And I watched Rudy Gobert and I watched Carl Anthony Towns closely. Both are all-star players at the center position. Okay? And they both, they're, both of them are seven-footers, but they – they, they're unique in their own way, right? You know, Carl Anthony Towns is a stretch five. Rudy Gobert is a incredible stretch rim protector. Five. Yeah. Yeah, he screens, rolls, you know, he plays vertical basketball. And when you watch those guys on the floor together, you can see they have a problem on both ends of the floor with their, with their proper spacing, especially in today's game and the way they play. Right. They play, you know, the game is played a little different, Mo, as you as you and I know and, and, I, and our listeners know. And then suddenly now you compound the problem with two players, not one, but two players now. And you just don't have the proper spacing on the floor. 
So because you don't, you, you know, Rudy Gobert will never be a space guy. Carl Anthony Towns needs to kind of do a little bit of both because, you know, he just can't be a stretch five totally. You know, he's got to take advantage of the matchup if they switch on him. But there's no place for him to post up because Rudy Gobert is always in the, and I call the dunker spot. Yep. Now Anthony Edwards can't attack the basket because the center is always there. D'Angelo Russell can't attack. And there's no place for these guys to go. And then you get them in rotations. You get them in rotations on switches with the four and the five with Rudy Gobert and Carl Anthony Towns. And now you just have a massive problem when they get into rotate rotations, switches, so forth and so on. So I think right now what I can see individually, they have all-star caliber players. However, the team aspect and playing together as a group, it doesn't fit. Okay. I don't think it fits athletically the way teams are playing when they, when they go small, because most of the, most of the fours now are stretch fours. Okay. And when you have these stretch fours that can shoot threes, like Cam Johnson and Kelly Olenek and Laurie Market and, and all of these guys, that's a problem for Carl Anthony Towns and Rudy Gobert. And now you can't switch on one four screen rolls or one five screen rolls. And it compromises your defense on the perimeter because you don't want Carl Anthony Towns guarding the other team's point guard. And it, it, it just puts them at a disadvantage when they get into rotations and so forth and so on. So I, I think at some point here, they're going to have to address and ask the question, what are we going to do with Rudy Gobert and Carl Anthony Towns? I think that's the elephant in the room. Yeah. And, you know, with two seven-footers on the floor, you would expect them to be dominating on the glass, wouldn't you? But their bank average of rebounding, I think they're right in the middle of the pack in terms of the amount of boards that they get every game. That would at least generate uh, extra possessions for them if their offense isn't working too well. Well, have- I, I wouldn't expect them to... Because, Mo, the, the problem is... The problem is that I see, as I talk around, talk to coaches around the league, and I always watch how other teams attack the other team. So if you and I were playing against the Minnesota Timberwolves, the first thing we would do is we would run our best ball handler, perimeter player, and just run a screen to to force the switch. Mm-hmm. On to Carl Anthony Towns, on to guarding him. Carl Anthony Towns or Rudy Gobert. Yeah. So that takes one of them on the perimeter. So that takes the rebounder out of the way. They'll run a five and then the, And then, and then... Now that the one guy is out dancing on the perimeter, then the other guy has to rim protect because you know he's at a disadvantage. Yeah. You, you know what I mean? It's mm-hmm. just, and I'm going to tell you the worst part of this is what I see teams doing. To me, when you have a guard, any guard that plays against them, that's the game I want to play in. Okay. Why? Because you run what's what I call horns up. So meaning you have, the four or five at the elbow. And then once you get smart with doing it, you veer off to one side. And then your first screen is Rudy Gobert. And mm-hmm. then your second screen is Carl Anthony Towns. The guard can't fight over a double screen. Yep. <laughs> so you choose, do you want to take the guy off the dribble with Carl Anthony Towns? Or do you want to take the guy off the after on the switch with, Rudy Gobert. Rudy Gobert. And then Rudy Gobert. So let's say it's Rudy Gobert you want. 
Carl Anthony Towns has to stay home. Why? Because that other guy's probably going to shoot a three. So he can't rim protect. Mm -hmm. So your one man now is the guy who has to switch onto the dive guy. <laughs> and you got Rudy Gobert and Carl Anthony Towns guarding the, the four who's a stretch yep. four. And you follow what I'm saying here. Now, let's look at the game last night. It's no coincidence that the kid had 51 points. Mm -hmm. Darius Garland. Why? It's just, there's nothing you could do. Like, I, I, I've, I've watched enough of your games now to say. I'm, I know the Timberwolves won that game, but they were up 24, and they ended up winning by five. Yeah, that's what, yeah, that's what I'm saying. But anybody who has a guard, that's the game you're saying, oh, that's the game I got to play in. Because there's nothing they can do. You, you, you can't, you, you can't, you can't have two guys out on the perimeter who are literally a mismatch. Rudy Gobert guarding a stretch four is a bad matchup. Carl Anthony Towns guarding a ball is a bad matchup and vice versa, wherever you put them in these screen roll situations, that's just bad. Well, the reason why I asked about rebounding is because one thing I noticed with the Utah Jazz is they do a great job rebounding because they send the three biggest players who are on the court to go and crash the glass and emphasis on, even if they're playing a five-hour offense, this is offense rebounding. As soon as the shot goes up, Laurie Markkinen and Kelly Olenek and Jared Vanderbilt will literally all run and crash the glass to try and get hold of the board. And on the defensive side, they do a great job with that because they're securing rebounds and whoever gets the rebound runs and pushes the ball in transition. So shout out to Will Hardy doing no, a great it's job working now. It's, work, it's working now. It's working now. You and I can make an adjustment doing that. So let's say you and I see that. Yes. They send someone, they send three guys to the basket every single time. Mm -hmm. Okay. You know what, you know what our adjustment is? Mm -hmm. We're going to leak out every single time. Mm -hmm. As soon as Mo, whenever the shot goes up, you just run to the corner. Yep. On the other offensive end. That's provided you get the rebound. <laughs> okay. So one guy's going to shoot. So one guy's going to shoot, one guy's going to get back. So that, that's the three guys they're going to send to the boards, right? That's the three guys mm -hmm. they send to the board. Whoever gets, whoever gets the rebound, okay, provided if it's not your five or four, you just push it out. It, it's awful for your, it's awful for your transition defense. Mm -hmm. It's awful for your because you have three guys below the free throw line. Mo. But it, it's worked for them so far. Maybe 25 and, games uh, in teams will figure in, it in out. The teams will figure now. Two things will count. Two things will correct that. You're making shots. The Utah Jazz right now are making incredible amount of shots. Yep. Right now. Yep. Right, right, right now they're making shots. Okay. When you make shots and you taking the ball out of the basket, Mo, you can't get out and run. But they're going to have some games, Mo, where they're going to have to grind it out to you. Yep. And we will. And then if you're sending three, you can't in today's game send three offensive rebounders mm -hmm. consistently. We'll not see against, how long they not get against away with a it. BJ for. Armstrong and a Mo and a Mo Moose team. No, that's not. <laughs> well, listen, listen, the Timberwolves keep playing like this. The Timberwolves might become a Mo Moose and BJ Armstrong team before we know it. But this is a Mo Moose and BJ Armstrong podcast, the Hoop Genius podcast brought to you by NBA 2K23. We are back in full force. 
Episode 200 is coming up later this week. I'm excited for it. BJ and I are going to be rocking with you every morning until then. So make sure you stay tuned, leave a review, leave a rating and all that good stuff. Share it with a friend. You got any friends who are trying to get into the NBA this season? Let them know. You got any friends who are NBA fans already and aren't listening to this show? Let them know. This show is for everyone. So make sure you rock with us. Because until next time, do what the Timberwolves are struggling to do. Get buckets. <laughs>